0: Good morning and welcome to Current Radio. It's Monday, January 1st. Turbulence hits India-US ties after a Sikh separatist murder plot, and Taiwan's Tsai Ing-wen insists the island's future must be decided by its people. Plus, a full-blown Israel war could harm Hezbollah's political interests, and we'll be giving an analysis on what's at stake in 2024. This coverage and more up next. Welcome to Current Radio's politics station. Please enjoy today's selection of political news. Turbulence seems to be the apt term to describe the current state of India-U.S. relations, following the alleged plot by an Indian agent to assassinate a Sikh separatist on American soil. Abby, our correspondent for Current, is here to shed some light on the situation. Abby, what's the latest?
1: Michael, the situation is indeed complex. The alleged plot targeted Gurpatwant Singh Panun, a U.S.-Canada dual citizen and Sikh separatist who has been labeled a terrorist by India. This has led to a series of events that have strained the relationship between the two countries.
0: Can you give us a brief overview of these events and their implications?
1: Certainly. First, we saw FBI Chief Christopher Wray visiting New Delhi for talks, which are believed to have included a conversation on the Panoon case. This was the first visit by an FBI director to India in 12 years. Then the U.S. Commission on International Religious Freedom released its annual report early, demanding that the Biden administration declare India a country of particular concern. The report linked the allegations of a hit ordered against Panin to broader concerns about attacks on religious minorities in India.
0: And then there was President Biden's refusal to attend India's Republic Day celebrations, right?
1: Yes, that's correct. Biden turned down Modi's invitation to attend the January 26th Republic Day celebrations as chief guest. While no formal reason has been made public, this refusal has also forced India to postpone a meeting of the Quad grouping, which includes Australia and Japan, that was supposed to take place during the U.S. leader's visit.
0: What has been India's response to these allegations and the subsequent fallout?
1: India's response has been measured. Prime Minister Modi, in an interview, dismissed suggestions that the allegations had hurt bilateral ties, committing to an internal Indian investigation into the allegations. However, there's a sense of disquiet within the corridors of power in New Delhi, particularly over the implications of the Panun case and the possibility that Indian officials' communication devices might be under scrutiny.
0: So is this a temporary turbulence, or are we looking at a long-term impact on India-U.S. relations?
1: Christopher Clary, an assistant professor of political science at the University of Albany, likens the situation to a commercial airliner encountering turbulence. It's unpleasant, but doesn't necessarily endanger the aircraft. Shared concerns about a rising China can paper over many potential U.S.-India differences. However, the situation is fluid, and much will depend on the outcomes of the investigations and the diplomatic maneuvers in the coming months.
0: Indeed, a complex situation that we'll continue to monitor closely. Thanks for the insights, Abby. In related news, Taiwan's President Tsai Ing-wen has made it clear that the future of Taiwan and its relations with Beijing must be decided by its people a statement that comes after China's leader Xi Jinping declared that reunification was inevitable. Abby, can you give us some more context to this?
1: Absolutely, Michael. Beijing has long claimed Taiwan as its own territory and has never ruled out the use of force to achieve its goal. This has been a point of tension since Tsai was first elected in 2016. Beijing has been ramping up both political and military pressure on the island, especially in the weeks leading up to the next presidential and parliamentary elections.
0: So what has been Taiwan's response to this increased pressure?
1: Chai has been very clear in her stance. She emphasized that Taiwan is a democracy and its people should decide their future. She also called on Beijing to respect the outcome of the election and stressed that it was the responsibility of both sides to maintain peace and stability in the strait that separates them. Furthermore, Taiwan's Ministry of Defense reported detecting Chinese military aircraft and Navy vessels near the island.
0: And what about the United States? Where do they stand in all of this?
1: The United States is Taiwan's most significant ally. Chai has bolstered relations with the U.S. and stepped up efforts to modernize the island's military. She has likened Taiwan's defense to a home with locks, not to provoke neighbors, but to ensure safety. This is a clear message to Beijing that while Taiwan wants peace, it also demands respect.
0: It seems like a delicate balancing act. How is this likely to impact the upcoming
1: elections? Analysts suggest that Beijing is running a multi-pronged campaign to ensure the Democratic Progressive Party, which Tsai and Vice President William Lai ching belong to, is not re-elected. Beijing views both Tsai and Lai as separatists and has refused offers of dialogue. However, the ultimate decision lies with the people of Taiwan.
0: It's a complex situation with global implications. Thanks for the insights, Abby. On a different note, Lebanon is currently grappling with a financial crisis, and the fear of war spreading to southern Lebanon is causing significant concern. Abby, our Middle East expert, is here to delve into the situation. Abby, what's the current situation in Lebanon?
1: Well, Michael, Lebanon is indeed in a precarious situation. The country is facing a severe financial crisis, and many Lebanese, particularly those dependent on agriculture, are evacuating their villages in southern Lebanon. The fear of war is palpable, and the Maronite Patriarch Bachara al-Rahi recently delivered a sermon emphasizing the need to prevent the spread of war to protect the people and their livelihoods.
0: The Maronite Patriarch seems to be referring to the Second Lebanon War of 2006. Could you give us a brief overview of that conflict and its impact on the region?
1: Absolutely, Michael. The Second Lebanon War was a month-long conflict between Israeli forces and Hezbollah, a militant group based in Lebanon. The war resulted in significant civilian casualties and infrastructure damage, particularly in Lebanon. The aftermath of the war left a lasting impact on the region, and it's clear that the memory of this conflict is still fresh in the minds of many Lebanese.
0: And how does Hezbollah factor into the current situation? They're part of the government, correct?
1: Yes, that's correct. Hezbollah is a political party in Lebanon, but it also has a military wing. Its role in the government means it has a responsibility to work in the country's national interests. However, its militant activities have often put it at odds with other political factions in Lebanon and the international community. A full-blown war with Israel could significantly harm Hezbollah's political interests and further destabilize the country.
0: So it seems like a delicate balancing act for Hezbollah. Thanks for shedding light on this complex situation, Abby. As we transition from current events to future forecasts, we see a world that could be dramatically different by 2025, shaped by a myriad of conflicts, pivotal global elections, and geopolitical forces. Abby, our expert correspondent, is here to delve into these potential changes. Abby, what are some of the key events that could shape the world in the coming years?
1: Well, Michael, the first and perhaps most significant event is the US election. The potential re-election of Donald Trump could have far-reaching implications, not just for America, but for the world. Trump's rhetoric and policies have been divisive, and his potential return to power could further polarize the country and disrupt international alliances.
0: Right. And it's not just the U.S. There's a global trend of far-right populism, isn't there?
1: Absolutely. We're seeing a resurgence of far-right movements in Europe, and the outcomes of elections in France, Germany, and elsewhere could signal a shift in the political landscape. These movements often thrive on anti-immigration sentiment and could further exacerbate the global migration crisis.
0: Speaking of crises, let's talk about the ongoing conflicts in Ukraine and Gaza. How could these situations evolve and what might be the wider implications?
1: The conflicts in Ukraine and Gaza are indeed concerning. In Ukraine, there's a risk that the West might abandon the country, which would be a victory for Putin and a blow to NATO. In Gaza, the conflict could potentially escalate into a regional war, with serious consequences for U.S.-Israeli relations and the stability of the Middle East.
0: And all of this is happening against the backdrop of a changing global order, with the U.S. and its allies facing off against Russia, China, Iran, and North Korea. How might this new alignment shape the world?
1: This new alignment could indeed reshape the global order. These countries have distinct interests, but they share a common goal of eroding U.S. power. This could lead to a shift in influence towards developing nations, particularly as China seeks to challenge the established U.S.-led global order. This could have implications for every global crisis and test the credibility of U.S. leadership.
0: That's a lot to take in. But let's not forget about the ongoing climate crisis. What are the prospects for meaningful action on this front?
1: Unfortunately, Michael, the prospects are not encouraging. While the evidence of climate change is becoming increasingly apparent, Political will to meet emissions targets is waning in many countries. The cost to consumers and the political opportunism of those attacking green policies are significant obstacles to progress.
0: It's clear that the world is at a crossroads, with the outcome of these conflicts and elections likely to shape the course of the 21st century. Thanks for your insights, Abby. And with that, we conclude our stories for today. Thanks for listening to Current Radio, and we look forward to joining you again tomorrow.